Alright, this morning we continue in our series of Knowing God. Last week, were you shocked? Were you shocked at the title of the message, God is a weakness? God, my God has a weakness? But wait, it's not what you think. It's not what you think. Then I was thinking about the message that Pastor Danny and Pastor Dion gave us last week. And I was reminded of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, which says, if we are faithless, and we are, right? What will God do? God will remain faithful. Why? Because he cannot deny himself. God is faithful. Even if we are faithful, he will still remain faithful. Even if we are faithless, He will still remain faithful to us. Why? That is the very nature and essence of God. And in our human finite thinking, some people look at it as, your God is weak. You stumble, you fall, just like the song, but God still forgives you and picks you up. Your God is weak. No. Our God is strong. His love is is stronger than our failures. Amen? This morning we continue. Continue knowing God. And what is knowing God? Knowing God is, for our topic this morning, is walking in the light. For me to say that I know God means that I walk in the light. In deference to God's word and respect to God's word, why don't we all stand and read this short passage from 1 John chapter 1. Let's all read. This is the message we have heard. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. Will you be pleased, Lord, to speak to all of us? Will you speak to me? Will you speak through me? And may your word pierce our hearts. Cause us understanding that leads to obedience. For this is not about ourselves, Lord God. This is about you and you alone. And we praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just a short aside. You see the colors? What color is walking? What color is in the? What color is light? In the Philippines, the NCAA and the UAAP is very heated. If this is in CCF Manila, I will get in trouble. Blue. Why? Ateneo, blue. Green? Eh, sino yung maroon? Sino yung UP? Mm -hmm. Pastor Peter, taga-UP, kaya pag blue and green, oy, kayong mga atinista, oh, kayong mga lasalista, nasita kami. Nasita kami. 
Paano hindi nababanggit yung UP? UP dance, UP street. Yan, yeah, madalas. Alright? Now, what does the Bible tell us? In 1 John chapter 8, verse 9. If we say we have no sin, we are what? You're deceiving yourself. And what? The truth is not in you. How many of you have sinned? Even after coming to faith in Christ, do you continue to sin? Yes. Do you sin more or less? Just less or less and less and less? Praise God. We are growing. Right? So we still stumble and fall. We still sin. Even if, the, if God tells us that we are already children of light, as God is light, and in God there is no darkness at all, children of light still fall and sin. So what is God telling us in verse 9? If we confess, what? Our sins. What is He? What is He going to do? What is His promise? He is faithful and just to what? Forgive us of our sins, and not only that, to cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. Now, some people think that to confess means to beg. So, you mean to say every time I fall into sin, I need to beg and ask God to forgive me all over again? Doesn't that contradict with what the book of Colossians tells me? That when Jesus Christ died on the cross, God has forgiven me all of my sin? There seems to be a contradiction. But the word confess, the word confess is the Greek word homo logeo, composed of two words. Homo, which means to agree, and logos, which means to say. Therefore, when the Bible tells us that when we fall into sin and we are supposed to confess our sins, I'm agreeing with God. And I'm telling God, God, I agree with you that what I have done is a sin against you. And I thank you that through the blood of Jesus Christ, my sin has been forgiven. When couples argue, many times what happens? Nobody talks. Did you ask for forgiveness? Yeah, I already asked for forgiveness from God. How about your spouse? Did you ask for forgiveness? She knows. <laughs> he knows. He understands. That's not what the Bible says. When you confess, it means to agree and to say. So you have to confess it with your mouth. Much like what Romans tells us, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So when you confess, you have to verbalize it. So don't be deceived that when you sin, you have to beg for God to forgive you all over again. That's not the case. Knowing God is walking in the light. Colossians chapter 1, 13 and 14 tells us, For He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, 
the forgiveness of sin. You see, you don't have to beg to be forgiven all over again. If, if you have Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. What did He do? He rescued us from the domain, or in some translations, the dominion of darkness, and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. So where did we all belong at one time, according to this verse? We were in the dominion of darkness. And what happened? Jesus Christ went to the cross, died as full payment for our sins, and He rescued us from that dominion, ruled by Satan. And what did He do? He transferred us into His kingdom of light. I was leading worship one time in Manila and I, God led me to share this verse. But my mistake was, I said, Lord, thank you that you have transferred us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of light. And one of our theologians, you know, our foreign missionaries approached me, said, Insong, I just want to remind you, Satan does not have a kingdom. He has a dominion. But he does not have a kingdom. Only God has a kingdom. Thank you, brother, for reminding me. Imagine only Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, has a kingdom. We were under darkness, but because of what Jesus Christ has done, he pulled us out of the dark and transferred us to his kingdom. And what is the result? Because of what Jesus Christ has done, according to verse 14, we have the redemption of sin, the, we have redemption, and we have what? The forgiveness of sin. You and I have been redeemed. You and I have been forgiven. We must be children of light. Therefore, we must be walking in the light. Because to say that you are children of light and to walk in darkness does not compute. It does not agree. If you are a child of light, you must be walking in the light. That's why Ephesians chapter 5 tells us, You were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. You were formerly darkness, but now you're light. How? In the Lord. If you are not in the Lord, you're still in darkness are we understanding each other that's why first john what are we supposed to do if we who were formerly in darkness but now are in the light in the lord what should we do walk as children of light remember our message on galatians 5:16 walk in the spirit and you will not give in to the desires of the flesh now how do we walk Step by step, moment by moment. So if you're a child of light, you have been rescued from the dominion of darkness, you have been redeemed, all of your sins have forgiven, now God expects us as children of light to walk in the light. Because we are children of light. Now, how do we know that a person who claims to be a Christian is really a child of God? Well, I go to CCF. Well, I pay my tithes. I give my tithes to the church. 
Well, I serve in ministry. Eh. Nainis na ba kasi yung eh. How do we know? By this, we know. Can we read this? By this, we have come to know Him if we keep His commands. The word know is ginosko, which means to know by experience. This is not head knowledge. This is actual practice. That's why John the Beloved tells us, by this, we intimately know God if we keep His commands. John 15 tells us, if you love me, Jesus Christ said, what? Finish the sentence. If you love me, you will. Bakit parang ayaw niyo? If you love me, we like that. If you love me, God's love language is obedience. If you love me, prove it by your obedience. So if we say we love God and we are not willing to obey God, my friends, there's something wrong. If you say that you know God, but you are not willing to keep His commands, friends, there's something wrong. But I'm not here to put a heavy weight upon your shoulders. Because God has called us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into His marvelous kingdom of light. He has called us His children. He has called us His very own. He has redeemed us. So we should be glad. And we should obey God out of love, out of gratitude, a response to the cross. Not because we are forced to. Not because there is a heavy weight upon our shoulders. You see, many of us look at God and say, if I don't obey God, kawawa ako, yari ako nito. That may be your assessment because perhaps that's how your parents brought you up. You had an overly strict parent that when you made a mistake, Perhaps you were beaten. There's this one testimony that when she made a mistake, her, husband, her dad would put her in a sack and tie up the sack and put, pull it up. So you would be afraid. You would be terrified at making a mistake if this was your father. But praise God, our Father, our Heavenly Father does not treat us that way. And I'd like to share with you through the Bible how good and loving and faithful and gracious our God is through the life of David. Now when I say King David, what comes to your mind? Be honest. Goliath. Goliath. Right? Si Goliath muna. I mean, Goliath, right? This behemoth. Some say he's nine feet, some say he's ten feet. When David, he was still a young man. What? Who is this Philistine that he would insult our God? King Saul was head and shoulders above everyone. 
But it was only King David who stood up. Insultadero to. You send me. Just a little boy. We all know the story. David slew Goliath. Right? And then, what else do we learn? Bathsheba. Have you heard this phrase? It's good to be the king. Yes? It's good to be the king. Now David, we all know, he sinned. He stole Bathsheba from Uriah. He had Uriah killed. David lied. He did all kinds of stuff. But yet when we read how God commends David, what does the Bible say about David? A man after God's own heart. So you read that. Wow. So you mean to say I can still commit adultery? I can still commit murder? And I can still lie my way around everyone and everything? And God will still see me as a man after God's own heart. <laughs> no. There's still another sin I'd like to share with you that David did, that he committed, and it cost dearly. In 1 Chronicles 21, it reads, Then Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. So David said to Joab, to the princes of the people, Go number Israel from Beersheba even to Dan, and bring me word that I may know their number. Now, what's wrong with counting? If you're a farmer, you need to know your flock. Maybe your farm hands are stealing. Because as a, far, uh, uh, as a rancher, your flock should be increasing, right? Wala pa naman tayo nabibenta, ba't kumukunti? Dapat dumadami, right? Nothing wrong with counting. But, look at verse 1. Satan had a plan. Satan tempted David and David succumbed to the temptation. Now the Bible tells us that temptation is not sin yet. But once you act on that temptation, then it could become sin. When you are tempted, you and I are supposed to, as Christians, flee. Here's darkness, here is light. They don't mix. If it's dark and you light a match, is it still dark? Why? The light drives away the darkness. Smother the light and who will take over? The darkness. We should be walking as children of light. Satan tempted David. And David, because of his pride, ordered his men to count all his soldiers. Alright. Job said, May the Lord add to his people a hundred times as many as they are. But my Lord the King, are they not all my Lord's servants? Why does my Lord seek this thing? Why should he be a cause of guilt to Israel? So did David receive counsel? He received counsel. 
Bossing, all of Israel is yours. Why do you need to do this? And what did Joab say? Why should he be a cause of guilt to Israel? Referring to David. Who's the king? David. Nevertheless, the king's word prevailed against Joab. Therefore, Joab departed and went throughout all Israel and came to Jerusalem. David wanted the census be taken. Despite the counsel of Joab, he had the census done. So Joab did as the king commanded. And what was the result? Joab gave the number of the census of all the people to David, and all Israel were 1,100,000 men who drew the sword. And Judah was 470,000 men who drew the sword. But he did not number Levi and Benjamin among them, for the king's command was abhorrent to Joab. So Joab counted, but he left out the tribe of Benjamin and the tribe of Levi. Notwithstanding how many fighting men, all in all. Kailangan yung calculator. 1,570,000. Right? Now, if you have an army of 1,570,000, you would relax. Right? What is the basis of your security? I have 1,570,000 fighting men. Where's God in that equation? The security of David, I submit to you, moved from God to the number of his people, to the number of his soldiers. Why? Satan tempted him and he gave in to the temptation. God was displeased with, the king, with this thing, so he struck Israel. David said to God, I have sinned greatly in that I have done this thing, but now please take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. Was God pleased that David was now relying on his men rather than on God? No. But what did David do? He said, I have sinned greatly in that I have done this thing. Now please take away the iniquity of your servant for I have done this foolish thing. What did David do? David, and we should admit your sin. We should admit our sin. If we are walking in the light, and because we are not perfect, when we fall, when we disobey God, when we succumb to temptation, we should admit our sin. David said, I have sinned greatly. I have done this thing. Now please take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. Who was at fault? David. What should we do to practice walking in the light? We should admit our sin. Admit your sin. Will God forgive you? We just read about it. Will God forgive you? Yes. yes. God will forgive you. But what you need to do, you should confess. You should agree with God and tell God. Just as what David said, I have acted very foolishly. 
Take away the iniquity of your servant. But what did God do? The Lord spoke to God, David's seer, saying, Go and speak to David, saying, Thus says the Lord, I offer you three things. Choose for yourself one of them which I will do to you. So Gad came to David and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Take for yourself either three years of famine or three months to be swept away before your foes while the sword of your enemy overtakes you or three days of the sword of the Lord, even pestilence in the land and the angel of the Lord destroying throughout all the terri territory of Israel. Now, therefore, consider what answer I shall return to him who sent me. What can we learn about sin? Will you be forgiven? Oh, kalahati lang ang kumbinsido. Will you be forgiven? But will your sin, could your sin have consequences attached to it? Yes. Pilika. What do you prefer if you were David? Three years of famine? Three, year, three months to be swept away before your foes with the sword of your enemy overtaking you? Or three days of the sword of the Lord? I don't know if Sarah, my daughter, remembers. But in our household, I call a meeting. Meeting! Okay, let's settle this once and for all. When you are disciplined, choose. What do you want? You tell me. So, I think Sarah said, Me, Dad, if you want to discipline me, I want you to spank me. Tama ba? Yeah. Ikaw, Timmy. Ako, Dad, palo din. No problem. Ikaw, Lawrence. Me, I just want to be sent up to the room. Actually, mahirap paluin yung panganay ko. 5'10 yun eh. Malaking tao yun. Diba? So, they get to choose. They're disciplined. But I know. Okay, Lawrence, you I will send up to your room. But I'm not going to send food. Because I know his weakness. One day, Lord willing, you will get to meet him. Because Lawrence, if we go out to the restaurant, and then the order arrives. I have not even tasted one morsel. Dad, pag hindi mo maubos, akin na lang, ha? So I know his weakness is food. He wants discipline. Okay, send me up to my room. Magpapaakit ng pagkain yun. No, 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 no. If you are sent to your room, no food. Okay, Dad, okay, Dad. They have a choice. God gave David a choice. You choose. Now, David said to God, I am in great distress. Please let me fall into the hand of the Lord, for His mercies are very great. And despite what he done, David knows that God is a merciful God. God has that weakness for His children. Because He is faithful even if we are faithless. But what happened? He said, do not let me fall into the hand of men. 
So what happened? So the Lord sent a pestilence on Israel. 70,000 men of Israel fell. The sin of one man caused the lives of 70,000 men. Okay lang, meron pa akong 1 million five. <laughs> Di ba? If, you do, if you're just counting the math, 1,470 plus, ah, 1.1 million plus 470, 1,570, namatay yung 70, okay lang, I still have 1.5. Di ba that's how we do things? Right? Ganun eh. Oh, uh, sige, talo eh. Oh, sige, ito na lang. Pero I'm still up. Right? Now, what happened? You see, when God forgives, our sin may carry with it still some heavy consequences. Forgiveness is one thing. The consequences of our sin is another. You see, in God's faithfulness to us, Spurgeon said, God does not allow His children to sin successfully. Did you get that? God does not allow His children to sin successfully. God will intervene. God will cause situations. God will call your attention. Una, baka kalabit lang. Pag ayaw pa makinig, Pag ayaw mo pa, <laughs> kalabit. Ano tawag doon? Not English yun. Hindi natin kaya yun. Bump. Sayaw naman nung panahon ng 60s yun. Di ba, na. God does not allow His children to sin successfully. Why? Because Hebrews 12 tells us, whom the Lord what? Loves. He will what? Discipline. He scourges every son whom He receives. Discipline is a sign of love. Because if you are not loved, you will not be disciplined. Bahala ka sa buhay mo. But because you love the person, you would want to discipline the person, you would want to correct the person. God disciplines those He loves. So what did David do? David said to, to God, is it not I who commanded to count the people? Indeed, I am the one who has sinned and done very wickedly. But these sheep, what have they done? O Lord my God, please let your hand be against me and my father's household, but not against your people, that they should be plagued. Oh. David admitted his sin, but there was consequence. Now what did David do? He said, I'm the guilty one. He accepted responsibility. For you and I to be walking continuously in the light, we must admit our sin and we must accept responsibility. As early as Genesis. Did you eat? Oh, the woman that you sent here. She gave me some and I ate. Woman, what is it? The serpent that you sent. He deceived me and I ate. Sino may kasalanan? Uy, wala ka pang asawa. Ingat ka. Admit your sin. Accept responsibility. Said, I'm the one. I should be punished. Don't punish the people. It was my fault. 
But sometimes, that's too late. The consequences have been meted out. Then the angel of the Lord commanded God to say to David, that David should go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. So David went up at the word of God, which he spoke in the name of the Lord. What did God command David to do? Worship. You worship. Notwithstanding your sin, not with, notwithstanding your admission of sin, notwithstanding your accepting responsibility, now I want you to worship. See, the devil doesn't want you to come to worship. Nag-away kayong mag-asawa. Hindi ako mag-worship. You lose out on God trying to speak to you through the Sunday message, through the songs, perhaps through a testimony. Do not be deceived. Go to God in worship. Offer Him your mistake. And He will forgive because He is a gracious and loving God. He is faithful even if we are faithless. So David went up and he did it in verse 26, then David built an altar to the Lord and there offered burnt offerings of peace offerings. And he called the Lord and he answered him from the fire from the heaven on the altar of burnt offering. The Lord then commanded the angel and he put his sword back in its sheath. So when David worshipped God, that was the time that the Lord relented. And he commanded his angel to put the sword back in its sheath. At that time, when David saw the Lord had answered him on the threshing floor of Ornan, Jeb, Ornan the Jebusite, he offered sacrifice there. What did he do? He continued to advance in his faith. God told me to worship. I will worship. I will do it by faith. Admit your sin. Accept responsibility and advance in faith. Don't be down. Don't keep on being down. The devil wants you down. God wants you up. And all you and I need to do to continue to walk in the light is to admit our sin when we fail, to accept the responsibility and the consequences of our sin, but to continue to advance in faith and by faith. And because David did this, what was his quote-unquote reward? Not David per se, but his son, King Solomon. Then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah where the Lord had appeared to his father David at the place that David had prepared on the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. Mount Moriah is the mountain upon which Abram was called by God to offer his son, his one and only son whom he loved, Isaac. And he was willing to do it. And when his faith was tested, God provided the lamb. This is the same place that God told David to worship him. On the property of Ornan the Jebusite, where King Solomon would later build the temple. Where later, the Lord Jesus Christ would be crucified. Do you think with God there are accidents? No. It is not by accident or happenstance that this exact place 
that David offered a worship to God where his son Solomon would later on build the temple where later on Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, would be sacrificed. It is no accident. You see, it is completely possible for God to turn your failure into blessing. Do you believe this? That if you continue to walk in the light, no matter your failure, God is able, He is completely possible for God to turn your failure into blessing. Do you believe this? Let me show you. I'd like to call Mike Salvador to share what God has been doing in his life. Uh, good morning. It's me again. <laughs> That's great. Uh, my name is Mike Salvador, and I just want to share to you um, how God is is faithful to his promises. Only this time, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> Bernadette and I had our daughter, Michaela, on November last year. My wife had to go back to work in December, and I got a job delivering medicines. My schedule was Monday to Saturday, 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. Then I have to go back to the main pharmacy to start another shift at 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. I was all over town doing my job that in four months, I was able to rack up 18,000 miles on my car. Because of our schedules, my parents-in-law offered to babysit our daughter while we were at work. Every day, I was dragging my feet to work because I didn't like the idea of me spending most of my time working and spending very little time with my wife and daughter. In February of this year, we started planning um, for Michaela's dedication. Without my permission and knowledge, my parents-in-law, who are not born-again Christians, was, was already scheduling a baptism for my daughter. And then when I found out, I got really mad. Perhaps they felt that they were entitled to make this decision for my daughter because they were taking care of her. The pressure even got to my wife and she almost gave in to her parents' desires to, for the baptism. This even affected my oneness with my wife because of my outburst emotion the, when I heard that they already had plans for Michaela's baptism. Because of the tension brought about by their planning of for, for the baptism and my planning for my daughter's dedication, my father-in-law and I got into a big fight. In the heat of the argument, we ended up shouting at each other. I was so mad at my father-in-law that I decided to text Pastor in song and seek counsel. He told me that because I was a Christian, that I was to humble myself and ask for forgiveness from my father-in-law. But in spite of what we talked about, I still didn't have the slightest urge to apologize. I felt that he was wrong and I was right, so why should I apologize? Bernadette and I prayed, and I decided to humble myself as to the Lord. So I went to their house, and uh, fe fearing that it would just erupt into another argument. But when I entered their house, I began to approach my father-in-law, and to my surprise, he extended his hand to me. I shook his hand, and we apologized to each other. We scheduled the dedication on August 17, and invited our friends, office mates, my bandmates, and of course, my in-laws. 
We gave them time to arrive before we had the dedication, but they told us to just go ahead and they, they will just follow. Bernadette's younger sister, however, was there to hear the gospel. We had the whole day of celebration that went up to about 10 p.m. Saturday night. Come Monday morning, I got a telephone call from my former employer asking me to come back to work for him in a new position with my choice of schedule. He asked me if I could report the next day, but I said I had to inform my current employer first. I was able to go back to my old employer the following week. Today, my schedule is from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m., Mondays to Thursdays, and my Friday is a work-from-home arrangement. This allows me to spend time with my wife and daughter and also allows us to attend our couples D group with Mike Yao and Christine Yao. I feel that God rewarded me with this new job and great schedule because I stood my ground by faith even if I was up against the pressure of my in-laws. We have been praying for a better schedule for over three months and it was only after we dedicated Michaela to the Lord and used that occasion to share the gospel with our friends that God gave us the desires of our heart. What I learned and what happened was that you just have to humble yourself and trust God. We just have to obey Him and wait on Him because He delivers in His perfect time. Please pray for my in-laws that through the testimony of our lives in Christ that they too will come to know Him as their Lord and Savior. To God be the glory. Is it completely possible for God to turn your failure into blessing? You don't sound convinced. Is it possible, completely possible, for God to turn your worst failure into a blessing? Yes. But what should you and I do as we walk in the light? We must admit our sin. We must accept responsibility and we should advance by faith. God will forgive us of our sin. But God many times will not spare us from the consequences of those sins. But God is faithful that He is able to completely turn your situation around from your worst failure, perhaps even to your greatest blessing. I mean, Mike could not attend any, sometimes even worship, he could not attend anymore. Our discipleship meetings before, their discipleship meetings with Mike and Christine, he couldn't attend anymore. Did you hear, listen to his schedule? And now what did God give him? What a schedule. When we were doing this, I said, man, I like that schedule. Six to two? At 2, you come home, Pastor Danny, myself, and Edwin can still, you know, you know this? Play golf. And then Friday, work at home? I can sleep the whole day. Wow. But when? When did it happen, Mike? When you decided to humble yourself, admit your sin, and go there to your father-in-law, even if you did not feel you needed to. And God rewarded you. And Mike is advancing in his faith. 
He shared with me last night, Pastor, I really want to disciple the people in the office. I have that burden. So just do it. Show them by your life. Be sensitive to what they're talking about. And then you can interject spiritual things. Admit your sin. Accept the responsibility and the consequence. And advance by faith. But that's David's story. How about us? How can we keep on walking in the light? Let me share with you just four quick points. Number one, beware of your enemy. Don't be deceived. Why? Because the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as what? An angel of light. So, beware of your enemy. Secondly, Keep your light strong. We are children of light. We are supposed to be walking in the light. Keep your light strong. What does that mean? Know God's word. Psalm 119.105 Your lamp is, your word is a lamp to my feet. And what? A lamp, a light to my path. If you don't know God's word, how will you know whether you are deceived or not? Thirdly, be with people of light. Ano yun? Yung wala na kwan? <laughs> diba? Pag may picture, eh, nagbabackplash. No, that's not what I mean, people of light. Who are people of light? Be in a discipleship group. Be among children of light. Why? Proverbs 27. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Discipleship, my brothers and sisters, does not take place in a vacuum. If you are not yet hooked up in any kind of small group discipleship meeting during the middle of the week, I'm talking to you. Don't raise your hand because I don't want to embarrass you. But be with people of light. Because iron sharpens iron. And you will be encouraged and you will be an encouragement to the group. Now Mike is able to join. Right, Mike? Praise God. And lastly, bring light into the world. You and I who have come to faith in Christ are children of light and we are to bring the light into the world. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Matthew 5 tells us, you are the light of the world. The city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does any, nor does a light, nor does anyone lamp a light and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Beware of your enemy. Do not be deceived. Keep your light, your light strong. Know the word of God. Be with people of light. Be in a discipleship group. And lastly, bring the light into the world. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Friend, perhaps you're here this morning and you're not sure whether you're still in darkness or you have already become a child of the light of God. All you need to do this morning is to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Just tell him in prayer, Lord Jesus, I need you. 
I admit I'm a sinner. And I accept the responsibility of my sin. And I know that because of what Jesus Christ has done for me, I can spend the rest of eternity with you in heaven. Will you change me? Will you advance my faith in you that I place today? And you make me the kind of Christian you want me to be. Is this your prayer? Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. And if you're here this morning and you want to come to faith in Jesus Christ, just ask Him. In your own words, just tell Him, Lord Jesus, I need you. I admit that I'm a sinner. I accept the responsibility of my sin and its consequence. But in your love for me, Lord God, you have placed my sins upon your son Jesus, who paid for the penalty of my sins by dying on the cross. This morning I open the door of my heart and I invite Jesus to come into my life and be my personal Lord and Savior. Help me, Lord, to advance my faith that I now place in you. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that now lives in me and I pray that you will change me from the inside out to be kind of con to become the kind of Christian that you want me to be. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters here who already have a personal relationship with you. Perhaps they're straddling the line between darkness and light. Father, will your Holy Spirit move in our midst and you be the one, Lord, to do your surgery in our hearts. Make us completely committed to your word, Lord God. Do not allow us to fall into the deceptions of the evil one. Allow us, Lord, to put on the belt of truth, to study your word, which is the sword of the Spirit. To commit to a discipleship group when we can learn what it means to grow more and more like Christ. And Father, because there are so many people who yet do not know you, will you allow our changed lives, Lord God, our actions and our speech to bring light into the darkness. And when there is light, Lord God, darkness is defeated. Darkness is cast out and your light remains. Be pleased, Lord God, of our worship of you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen, amen. and Amen.